What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with the Gino Spirito podcast. This is episode seven. Today is January 15th. Um, I hope you guys are all having a tremendous Friday. Um, you know, there are plenty of NFL and NBA games and news that are going on. It's just, it's a great time for the sports world. I, I, I'm loving it. And of course, who doesn't love Fridays? So without further ado, let's just get into it. Of course, this weekend, we have the division round for the NFL. And the first game, which will be on Saturday at 1.35 p.m., will be the Rams at the Packers. Um, you know, the Packers have the number one seed in the NFC, and the Rams are coming off a huge win against their division rival, the Seahawks, um, on the road, 30-20, to as uh, Jared Goff replaced um, Wood from uh, as the emergency backup QB and got the win. The Rams' defense completely shut Russell Wilson and that offense down. Um, so yeah, that was a great game, great game plan by the Rams. And I think that, uh, coming into green Bay, uh, that's exactly what they're going to have to do. I, I think getting pressure on Aaron Rodgers, um, getting him, uh, disrupted, making him make throws that he doesn't want to make, taking away Aaron Jones, making Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams beat them, um, as they can obviously do that, but that is what they're going to have to do. I think that, um, they're definitely going to have to control the time of possession by running the ball with Cam Akers, who had a huge game against the Seahawks and who has had a really good um, like month of football, I'd say. Um, getting their screen game going with uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods to open up that play-action pass. Take some um, shots down the field to Josh Reynolds. I feel like that is the best way that this Rams defense, I mean, not Rams defense, the Rams as a team can beat this Packers um, team that is just playing phenomenal this year. Um, you know, playing with this lead, playing with um, a lot of momentum on the offensive side is only going to translate to the defensive side. And like I said, um, that is exactly how you can get this Packers team flustered, uh, which is very hard to do. Um, you know, the Packers are coming into the game as the number two offense just behind the Chiefs. And, um, you know, obviously this offense relies heavily on feeding Devontae Adams and, um, you know, giving the ball to Aaron Jones uh, when the time is necessary. Um, you know, opening up that play action. Matt LaFleur has a great um, offensive scheme and it really will come down to this Rams defense you know, putting the pressure on Aaron Rodgers, playing with a little bit of a lead to um, open that defensive playbook up. You know, once you start, once you, you know, start uh, losing by 14, 17, 21 to this Packers team, it's it's definitely going to be tough to make a little comeback, you know, make, make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable. It's going to be tough to do that. So, um, you know, I really cannot see the Rams winning if this game is a shootout because I just feel like the Packers offense is that much better than the Rams offense and I don't think the Rams want this to be a shootout I think the Rams want the the you know both teams to be in the 20s um they, they want to rely on their defense to maybe give them the ball a couple extra times towards the end of the game um you know take a little bit of pressure off of Jared Goff allow him to play with the lead um but yeah I, I mean this Packers offense is, is ridiculous. Aaron Rodgers um, finished the season with more patch, passing touchdowns, which was 48, than punts with at 46. So, I mean, I don't really know a stat that can really, you know, show you how 
dominant this team really is uh, besides that one. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't think it'll necessarily be a blowout, like I said. But I, I really think that Green Bay is going to have control for most of the game, if not all of it, and uh, cruise to a 34-23 to victory. Um, but yeah, the second game on Saturday is going to be the Ravens at the Bills, which will be at 5.15 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. This is the battle of two first-round quarterbacks that uh, were taken in the 2018 NFL Draft. Both coming off humongous wins in the division round. The Bills winning their first playoff game since 1995. The Ravens getting revenge on this Titans team that has had their number. I mean, they beat them in the division round of last year. And then on top of the Week 11 scuffle with, you know, the Titans uh, dancing on their logo. And then uh, John Harbaugh and Michael Butler, Butler going at it. And then Mike Vrabel and John Harbaugh having some words of exchanged. Uh, Lamar and the Ravens uh, just didn't even shake their hands after they won. So that was a huge win for both teams on wildcard weekend. And I feel like both teams are just playing extremely confident towards this uh, latter half of the 2020-2021 uh, NFL season. And honestly, these are the two teams I'm personally rooting for to make the Super Bowl. And of course, they're they're playing each other just like last week when I wanted the Bills and the Colts as my top two teams. The Ravens number three, they're playing each other again. And that just makes it that much harder for uh, me to watch the game and, you know, want to root for a team. Um, but I really feel like the key to um, both teams winning, uh, you know, will be playing with a lead, really. You know, we saw last week the Ravens come back and handle business when they were down 10 to nothing and uh, be able to, you know, stop Brian Tannehill and Derrick Henry from, you know, continuing to roll. Um but at the end of the day, like, you know, the Ravens and their identity is running the ball down people's throats and giving their defense uh, every opportunity to continue to work with that. So I, I really, um, you know, don't I, I don't necessarily think the Ravens can come like they can't come back as they've proven it and they can't come back in the playoffs as they literally did that last week. But I just don't I, I, I want I'm talking about what can they do to make their lives that much easier and that is playing with the lead doing what you are comfortable with running the ball you know um allowing lamar to get outside the pocket you know make some plays on his own um and just allowing that offensive line who wants to run block do it you know i mean you can easily see that the bills have the capability to literally turn it up whenever they want to it really reminds me of the chiefs but not on that level yet so i really don't think the Ravens want this to be, you know, that shootout where both quarterbacks are just, you know, slinging the ball everywhere. And I, I, because I, I, I just don't think that the Ravens can keep up with the Bills if that, if it is that type of game. So, you know, I, I really feel like you, both teams gotta rely on what their offense wants to do. And you know, for the Ravens, that's running the ball and. You know, the Bills need to contain Lamar if they want to win this game. You know, they need to contain him between those tackles, force him to throw the ball, not allow him to get outside the pocket and make those plays that we see time and time again. Because if I'm the Bills and Lamar throws for 250 yards and, you know, they end up beating us, I can live with that. The thing that I'm not going to be able to live with if he, is if he has another game like he did against the Titans where he goes 100-plus for both passing and rushing, you know, just completely beats us on all phases of the football field, and we just have no answer for him, you know? I, I feel like the Ravens 
I mean, not the Ravens. The Bills need to take away that Ravens run game if they want to have any chance of winning. And if they aren't able to take away their run game, you know, Josh Allen is really going to have to step up. And I mean, he has stepped up to the plate this year with Stephon Diggs' addition and that he has that offense rolling as the number three offense in the league. So I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, it's up to the Bills com uh, defense completely because Josh Allen is, you know, this shitty quarterback. But it's really, you know, if you're going to give Josh Allen the ball and the Ravens can't even run the ball, run the ball and, the, you know, your defense is playing that much better, Josh Allen's confidence is going to go soar through the roof and the Bills will be able to cruise to a victory. But, I mean, the same thing with the Ravens. They're able to run the ball. If Josh Allen is, you know, has a little bit of pressure on himself, will he be able to respond? I, I just, I think this is why that this matchup will be the best for um, division round weekend. Um, and I am going to pit the upset here. I'm going to pit the Ravens beating the Bills 33-31. to and then that'll go into the uh, Sunday games for division rounds. It'll The first game will be at 12.05 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday. That'll be the Browns at the Chiefs. The Chiefs obviously coming off of a bye as they are the number one seed in the AFC. And the Browns are coming off of a dominant performance against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in a 48-37 victory. Still has Steeler players bugging as Chase Slaypool as I did talk about Chase Playpool last time, but he came out again and said, if the Browns had won with more class, then I wouldn't have been so salty about it. But them mocking Juju just didn't sit right with me, and they can enjoy their win in another week of football, but they'll be on the couch right next to me next week. I thought that was interesting. I didn't really necessarily think the Browns didn't win in style, didn't win in class. I felt as if the Steelers came into that game extremely confident in winning. I mean, the Browns have how many people out? and their coaches, and you're going to come out and say that they didn't win in class. I, I really would like to know more about that, but I thought that was interesting, um, you know. And on top of that, we also have uh, Odell uh, tweeting and supporting the Browns, which I love to see. You know, there's all this controversy about if, you know, Odell's going to come back, him and Baker have a feud, yada, yada, yada. Um, and he tweets out, don't be surprised this weekend when they win. Just throwing it out there now. Patch Mahomes did like that, which I thought was hilarious. You know, giving Mahomes that much more motivation to continue to prove everybody wrong. You know, is this man going to go down as the greatest quarterback in the history of the game? You know, we'll see. But, you know, those are a couple storylines going into this game. You know, the Chiefs have been here before. And, you know, they've been rolling all year. Their only loss was against that Raiders team. And I feel like that that loss really only motivated them to roll that much more. I mean, uh, actually, check that. The reason why I say that the Chiefs only have one loss in the year is because I know that they did lose to the Chargers in Week 17, and they finished the year 14-2, and two, but I don't really count that as a loss in my eyes. I, I mean, I love the Charger, that the Chargers won, but, I mean, all the Chargers were sitting, and their only real loss of the season was that Raiders. I don't really think the loss of the Chargers changed anything or motiva motivated them to, you know what I mean, like kick it into full gear. I felt like that game, they, they if they won, they won, but if they lost, they didn't care. So, you know, I feel like their only real loss of the season was the Raiders, and that only pushed them to be that much of a better team. Uh, but at the same time, the Browns have all the momentum in the world right now. You know, they have plenty of people supporting them, wanting them to beat this Chiefs team. And it really reminds me of when the Chargers beat the Ravens in 2018 in that wild card game. And they were going to go and play the Patriots in Foxborough, and everybody thought that this Chargers team was going to finally beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. 
you know, everybody thought Philip Rivers was going to get his first victory over them. They were going to pull the upset, and then boom, they ended up getting smoked. And I'm not saying that the Browns are going to get smoked. I just really feel like this is kind of the same storyline. You know, this wild card team who got a really big win, wild card weekend, going to play a team who's always already proved themselves, already been a Super Bowl champion. Um, I mean, the reigning Super Bowl champion, actually. And... Uh, yeah, you know, we'll see if the Browns can handle this Chiefs team. I think it'll be a very, very good game, but I, I have the Chiefs winning 38 to 27. And then for the uh, last game of the, of the division weekend, we have the Butts at the Saints, which is at 3.40 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday. Both, te both teams coming off wildcard weekend wins that, you know, you know, weren't really impressive by any means, but, you know, they also needed to happen at the end of the day. It is the playoffs, and if you, you know, you lose, you're done, uh, you know. But, um, you know, nothing crazy in these games. Everybody thought that these two teams were going to win. I, of course, the Butts are the wild card team, and they did play on the road. But, you know, the Washington football team uh, didn't really stand much of a chance against Tom Brady in basically everybody's eyes. And, you know, they both handled business. So the Saints have won both matchups coming into this game, 34-23 to week one, and then 38-3 in uh, week nine Monday Night Football. But as we've seen plenty of times in the NFL, it is very, very hard to beat a team three times in a year, especially if that team is led by Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady's Tom Brady at the end of the day. Sid Super Bowl reigns, and they've been playing great football these past six weeks. I feel like, you know, there was a lot of, there were some miscues at the beginning of the season. There were a few weeks um, where they felt, you know, they looked dominant, especially the week against the Packers. And then, you know, you have a 38-3 loss against the Saints. You almost lose to the Giants on Monday Night Football. So I feel like the Butts have definitely uh, stepped it up. They have definitely figured out whatever was going on um, and going wrong for them. But if the Saints rely on Alvin Kamara, get that running and play action play going, or play action plays to open up. And they also take the pressure off of Drew Brees, you know, um, blocked these Buccaneers uh, front four, not allow them to get too much uh, pressure on him and hits on him, uh, just make his life a lot easier. I really don't know if the Butts defense will be able to stop that. I mean, in previous matchups, the Saints have been able to just roll on them, and the Butts fell, you know, fell behind early. And, you know, that'll be the key to this game. It, can the Buccaneers keep up with this Saints offense? Because they have not been able to these past two matchups. You know, they need to start fast. They need to keep pace with them. And, you know, the Saints know how to keep a lead. You know, they, you saw that against the Bears. They didn't want to put them away for some reason. And But at the end of the day, they never lost the lead. They ne The momentum was never in the Bears' favor so, yeah, I mean, that's going to be the key to the Buccaneers game, putting the pressure on the Saints because in these past two matchups, the Saints have had zero pressure on them um, because of the bad starts by the Buccaneers in both matchups. But I still like the Saints in this one. I think they'll beat them for a third time this year, 28 to 23. Um, you know, in other, in, in other NFL news, Urban Meyer was just uh, named the Nets head coach of the Jaguars. Congratulations to the Jaguar fans. I know you guys have been waiting for this news for like the past week. He does have a 187-32 record overall as a head coach. And top on top of the Jads having the number one overall pick, likely to draft Trevor Lawrence. You know, I, I think Urban Meyer knows how to create a very 
um, a very winning program in college football, and I, I'm very interested to see how that'll translate to the NFL. I know that's you know been difficult over the years for college f- football coaches to make that transition. So you know, I'm interested to see how how it'll work, and you know, why not get one of the winningest football college football. Uh, coaches of all time to try to turn around your franchise so shout out to the jads i hope this worked out for you guys um in other news robert sala who's the defense coordinator of the 49ers is now the nets head coach of the jets he is also the first muslim head coach in nfl history i thought that was really cool um and he also he released his um you know 10 lessons of coaching which i thought was really interesting Number one was ignore the noise and trust the process, which, you know, I feel like the reason why I want to share these with all of you is I hope you can take this and apply it to your own life the way I was able to. You know, football is um, a lot. You hear a lot of players a lot of times saying football is a game of life. And I really feel like these uh, 10 lessons of coaching really hammer that in. So ignore the noise, trust the process, do what you love and love what you do with enthusiasm and passion. You mean you clearly see that from the Niners and I'm I hope that the Jets can translate that as well the profession of coaching is hard dominate the things you have control over ready versus prepared um in ready versus prepared there is a difference prepare for everything the most dangerous words is I got it you must approach each day with humility to get better NFL is is a precision lead every detail matters stay true to yourself and be authentic relationships matter seek accountability Put together the right team and create an identity and invest in your team. Make everybody around you better. I felt like those are great. I feel like if, you know, he can translate what he did with this 49ers defense who literally loved him. You can see all of them, how they were heartbroken that he's moving on, but they were very happy for him at the end of the day. If he can translate that to the Jets and get them winning, God, he's going to be the savior in New York. Shout out to Robert Sala. Congratulations, my guy. Um... Also, the Titans offense coordinator, Arthur Smith, was just named the head coach of the Falcons. Hopefully, this can help the Falcons turn around. You know, they they really haven't been the same since that 28-3 awful loss in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, they are basically the NFC version of the Chargers, so I can really understand that. And I really hope that, uh, you know, Arthur Smith is their guy and can do something for Matt Ryan and company. Um, you know, in Chargers news, they're eyeing Bills offense coordinator Brian Dabble as the Nets head coach. You know, he, he can't re- we can't really do much um, until the Bills lose. Um, but I'm hoping that this is the case, you know, as the Chargers, I really feel like we just had too much talent at the end of the day to be wasted at head coach. You know, I, I, I feel like, you know, we've seen it time and time again where if the right coach is there with that talent, the team just elevates to the Nets level. And I, I really hope that this case for the Chargers – you know, other guys that are... Uh